Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode uh, 723. I'm in a slightly different... Well, you probably couldn't tell the difference, to be honest, but I am actually, as I said, I'm in London. You can tell because I have a headset on. I look like I'm in a call centre. It's because I couldn't really bring everything with me, but uh, this is where I am. I'm in uh, Roland HQ, which is uh, in old Metropolis Studios, uh, which is... uh, uh, on Chiswick Road, um, they've still got some functional studios there, but Roland have got their kind of... So we've filmed some stuff with David Ireland here. Uh, the reason I'm here is because Roland have a... Uh, well, they've got their store opening today, and we thought we wanted to come up to, to do that, but to, I obviously couldn't do the podcast and then make it to London in time because it starts at five o'clock. So the idea is that uh, I'm going to basically uh, pack up here nip across town and join the store. We're going to film a few things. Andy's there already, uh, probably filming some stuff. But really big thank you to everybody at Roland. Uh, uh, Dan Taman for uh, sorting this out. And also, uh, especially to David Ireland, who got the sandwiches and sorted out everything here. But I'm basically here on my own. So as I was joking in the pre-show, if anyone's got a van they want to send around, we can uh, we can fill it up. They'll never know it was us, right? Anyway, um, I hope you enjoy this. This is a music technology podcast. We're talking all things to do with music technology. That's the general idea. I want to say thanks to our friends in the discourse and in the, um, the uh, uh, IRC chat, also in the YouTube. I think it's all working. At least I hope so. I'm getting messages saying YouTube still says waiting. That's a bit annoying. Let me have a look. Uh, I can probably find out why that is. YouTube is not coming through. I don't know why that is. Sending data. Well, it says it's working here. I'm terribly sorry. I can only... Now I've started, I can't really stop. But let's say hello to some guests. We'll start with Mr. It's only Jem Blooming Godfrey. Jem Godfrey from Frost and that. How are you? (laughs) I'm very well. Sorry, I've been away for a long time. I've... um... Yeah, I've been moving house and just generally waiting for better broadband, which I now have, so I'm back. You're you're looking very. I can almost read the title of every every uh, tome behind you. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's excellent. Hmm. Okay, YouTube says it's not working, but carry on talking amongst yourself. Uh, how have you been anyway? Is that a fair light? I see to your what's that? Your left stage left. Yes. Yes. Blimey. This is. Um, it's. Uh, it's long, long and, and and tragic story of how I ended up with it. But it's basically it um, it it used to belong to Brad Fidel, 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 I would say, um, and it was the Fairlight that they did the Terminator Two soundtrack on, apparently. Oh my! So um, it was. Uh, that's not why I bought it. I was, that was kind of a sideline. It was the only one that was around. But basically, it was in Sacramento, and uh, it took a month to get from there to here, and I nearly lost my mind. <laughs> my finances and everything so it's 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 um yeah it's a kind of i mean it's it's sort of i mean there's a lot of arguments i mean obviously you can get everything on your phone is you know this it's it's such an ancient old um sort of well, relic the keys really, aren't but. yellow i must say that's impressive <laughs> no well, it's They're been, nice it's, been refurbished. It's, it's got um like an sd card in it and all the power rails have been refurbished and everything and it's got this fabulous screen and i can use a, a mac keyboard with it and no, it's really good. It's really good. And um, if it's in the winter months, it's going to be very good so me and the family can gather around it because it chucks out so much heat. <laughs> so how come it took a month then? Did they sort of send it piece by piece like a sort of magazine a model kit? Do you get a key well, at a time? Yeah. But it was in three boxes. There was a keyboard bit in one flight case and the other bits in these two massive flight cases. And then basically with the paperwork, they couldn't do the paperwork. One courier wasn't interested. It weighed about, it weighed about as much as Warwick Castle to move. So it was basically... And then... And then 
it was in three parts. Then one bit ended up in Frankfurt, two bits were in Cincinnati, and it was just it was just a oh my. yeah. It was quite a, that sounds quite terrifying. A well, I'm very happy for you, Jem, and and now presumably <laughs> that means you're just making endless eighties throwback soundtrack work is that kind of what pretty much now you're going to be the guy to go to if they want that well yeah and what was quite annoying was was kate bush's running up the hill was it all happened as this whole thing was in transit so now it just looks like i'm on a massive kate bush tip but i promise you i had i had the idea first you ordered it before (laughs) (laughs) wow how exciting well lovely to have you uh um, mr mr godfrey and uh we also have uh well yoad nevo who's there in uh he is in nevo sound uh it's just that he's moved things around a bit uh and so we're looking at your keyboard wall right yeah i just moved the chair (laughs) <laughs> God ah, forbid okay. anything else. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, thanks to going uh, to all that effort. It's really much appreciated, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just a laptop here on a speaker, on a stool. So it's not <laughs> much of an effort. And I hope the camera quality, camera's quality yeah, is... Yeah, it looks good, so actually, because we, we, normally you're a bit further back in the... You know, you're, you're on a wider angle. So it, it, it looks fine, actually. Yeah. Perceived revolution, resolution. How are you anyway? You well, busy and all those things? Yeah, I'm I'm busy and I'm well, thank you. And I'm just mixing. Uh, I'm doing a Dolby Atmos mix for an album for a prog prog rock band, a proper prog rock band from from Italy, which I mixed. Uh, I mixed the album last year. They're called the Confusional Quartet. They're really, really good, really good musicians, and I'm enjoying it. So now. After the mix is done, the, the stereo mix is done, I'm doing the, the Atmos mixes, and it's a lot of fun. It's a lot oh, of fun. Okay. It's all kind of... I can't imagine. I mean, uh, just, just, just mixing a prog album in itself must be uh, quite a lot of fun. I mean, if not challenging, because there's usually so much to it. But I, I'm thinking, you know, thinking prog concept album, but prog Atmos con- concept album is like that's taking things up a notch. That's like top level, that is. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the album wasn't produced in in Dolby or with Dolby Atmos in mind. Um, so you're right, the stereo mixes were an adventure um, in in its own. Uh, and it was a lot of fun and, and creative. And now it's the easy bit because I basically export all the stems and yeah. then I start from where I stopped kind of thing with the automation, with the levels, with everything. So if I hit play, I get a very similar mix and then it's about positioning augmenting stuff to to have them decorrelated sent to other speakers to other it's really it's really fun the thing the thing with with atmos is or with surround in general if you have a mono guitar and you want to have it playing from uh, for more than one speaker or two with phantom image um the easiest way to do it is with delays and courses and, th- and stuff like that. But sometimes the style of the music doesn't require it. So it's a challenge of how to really have things in space, but without adding kind of reverbs and stuff like that, which are not part of the, of the program, really. So, uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it so far. Excellent. Well, I'm glad to hear it. Um, nice to have you, of course. And we've also got Mr. Gaz Williams, who uh, we, well, we haven't seen for a little while. You've been off gallivanting. Last time we saw you, you were about to embark in a, probably should have got a helicopter one gig after the other, but you had to do it in the bus. How did that go? Oh, it was amazing. 
actually, because of the second gig at Latitude, because uh, we played a kaleidoscope festival earlier in London and then had hot foot to Latitude. I think it was amazing because la- we played amazing at Latitude. It was like, you know, it was like, wow, we've just had like the best sort of rehearsal you could possibly have in a way in front of like seven or eight thousand people so uh because it was like a new set so we kind of managed to iron out stuff in that first performance so the second performance then uh it just felt great you know normally i don't know having them so close together everything's very fresh on your mind and um i was playing my new bass as well a fodera monarch which is a beast bass it's beast level a thousand bass and I had like I had like ridiculous confidence. In fact, Charlotte introduced me. This is with the Charlotte Church late night pop dungeon as the most confident bass player in the world. To which I then started shagging my bass. Yeah, you know. Whoa. And she immediately she immediately regretted saying that, as I probably should regret <laughs> demonstrating. It. I think the word yeah, right. I've got you. No, okay. but I mean uh, yes. But I've been having a musical music tech bonanza over the last few weeks as well. So I've got bags of new things and some old things and all sorts of stuff going on. Um, so I'm really, really excited. I've put together a new little Eurorack module, just a small 62 HP one of a bit of a tribute to mutable instruments, just to try and really have a, just to do a complete, well, nearly complete music, uh, na- uh, sorry, mutable instruments um, journey which has been a lot of fun uh got more stuff coming up with steve davis as well with the modular stuff so yeah bags of stuff sorry i'll go on forever as you know so i'll I'll back out well i was i I was just using that opportunity to see if i could actually live code the problem that's but i don't think i can even i even i can multitask live coding and and updating the subversion repository while i'm producing a live show and hosting it might be a bit too much for me but we'll see what we could do uh, so folks well uh, thanks for everybody for joining us uh, did i mention that well, i'm here at roland oh yes i did but i'll put it in, the, in the, they've actually got a store opening which is an interesting thing i mean, actually this is the first the first roland store globally i believe that's just a roland store this is what it's going to look like i'll be there later there'll be a load of uh, artists and people there uh, I, I mean just that is in, in itself kind of an interesting idea um i don't know i think there, there used to be things where you would have like uh, i think didn't rose morris used to have a big store in denmark street in london which was kind mm-hmm. of rose morris was the was kind of the umbrella for korg i think at the time i think changed a little bit i'll come um, you probably remember that gem if i'm not being too uh, disrespectful I, right <laughs> did you go <laughs> well you used to have yeah, Tritons and stuff didn't you so you have to know it was it was i remember we um we used to go up there you know when i was like 15 16 you know when it would it would be like this sort of cork sort of sanctuary haven place i remember there was a dw8000 in there and i I went up there and i was it was like the best sounding synth i'd ever ever played in my entire life um yeah it's i think it's a brilliant idea you know it's a brilliant idea it's 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 such a kind of encouraging uh, sort of gesture, I think, for Realm to have a store in, in London, certainly in Denmark Street, because Denmark Street's been ripped to bits for the last four years, I think. And it's been, you know, all those music shops, all those classic music shops have just gradually disappeared. And, you know, the guitar shops have gone, and there's only a couple of them left now. So to, to see, a, you know, a big synth manufacturer like that putting, you know, a bit of a sort of real estate in the centre of town in Denmark Street, I think it's a brilliant idea. 
Yeah, no, it's lovely, isn't it? I remember I used to go up and uh, my pilgrimage to London used to be part, we used to go and see Denmark Street and there was, uh, there was the Rose Morris shop, there was Rod Argent's keyboards, there was Vintage and Rare, all that kind of thing. I don't know, do, I don't know whether you were in London about that time. Do you remember seeing any of that stuff? I mean, it's nice to see that there's a new, yeah, new Bridge and Mortar thing out there. Yeah. I remember Rose Morris and uh, Turnkey. Turnkey oh, was yeah, a really good uh, good store as well and all of course all the all the guitar and these guitars and all that in in denmark street i i even got my sg from from andy uh 74 sg um yeah and you know when i when i was 14 through to like for a couple of years even more i used to work in a in a guitar shop um in jerusalem um, after school and in, in during the holiday, and it was amazing. It was a you know not a massive shop, and there were times when nobody would you know kind of in the early afternoon and stuff. And I used to close the door, and there was a, a tape, reel to reel tape, and I used to record stuff. I had so much fun, and um, yeah, playing all these guitars and. Uh, yeah, maybe it's no wonder I found myself surrounded with uh, <laughs> all this gear. Yeah, maybe I I'm just trying to recreate the experience. It, there, there's something I'm, 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 Gaz. I'm just really pleased that there will be a generation of maybe kind of young teenagers or people who, you know. Um, who, who are looking forward to buying their first piece of kit and they make a pilgrimage to an actual bricks and mortar place and they go and you come away with it. I mean, I don't know whether they sell stuff there. I mean, it would make more sense that they wouldn't hold the stock there. You just use it as a showroom and then they deliver it. But I don't know. I will find out a bit more about that later. But it's nice to think uh, that that would still not, go. Yeah, that, 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 That's no fun going to a shop and then not getting it there and then, though. Well, I'm, I, I don't know if that's the case, but then maybe they will. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I agree with that sentiment for sure. Um, and also just picking up on what, um, on, on what Jem was saying that, um, Denmark street, Tin Pan Alley, or just the history of that place as a musical center in London. And of course the world really, uh, you know, it's huge. Um, recently now we've all seen, well, not all of us, but the, 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 the pistol, sh- uh, the, the drama about the sex pistols and, um, they had a, uh, their little HQ where they rehearsed was just in the back, was somewhere off just to the back of uh, uh, Denmark Street. And so, you know, continuing a musical thing there is great. So, you know, well done to Roland for picking that location. Um, but, wow, yeah, cool. I mean, it's interesting. I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about Roland and how, uh, you know, that company has adapted and morphed uh, not always in the ways that we've wanted them to, but uh, generally, uh, it's an astonishing company, isn't it? So I think this is also maybe a kind of um, like a, quite a triumphant thing to do to open a shop in you know in such a sort of prestigious location in London uh, yeah. as, as a way of you know that the company. Yeah, well, it's, in a, room- it's, a, it's a statement, isn't it? It's a statement, I suppose. Just yeah. hope they can afford the heating bills in this in the winter in the UK. I think if they just leave all the gear on, it'll be all right, I suppose, won't it? (laughs) Just leave all the gear on. Anyway, um, I thought that was, uh, we'd cover that. Seeing as, again, they've actually, 
they're, they're in here and there is a lot of I'm surrounded I've got there's a system eight at my feet there's uh, there's barely anything not Roland here in fact there's a drum kit over there that I thought wasn't Roland but it's actually a V drum kit with um uh, with burnt shells and it looks I've never seen one of those it looks really awesome anyway so uh, let's get on to some other topics uh, let me see um, yeah I was, this was interesting I hope I've got the right I think I've forgotten actually to put these in the right order but we'll see if I if I could do that uh, yeah I think I'm pretty much there so let's just go on and see what happens This was uh, um, the, but they're called Make Pro X custom controllers. We saw them first at, um, I think it was at uh, Superbooth in 2019, where they were focusing more on the sort of MIDI studio. Now they've obviously gone over to AV and stuff. But the, the idea of these sort of modular controllers, uh, this Hello, is this was filmed at ProLight and Sound. Um, it's a really long video. They obviously got it made there. One one thing I have to say, that there was nobody there. It was like the, this was Music Messer. It was just empty. I think that was this year. But the idea of these kind of custom controllers, the sort of thing that I think what they maybe realised is the uh, the the initial uh, controls were uh, considered to be. Um, perhaps a bit too elite for your average studio owner, so they had to up the ante by taking it to video production and post-production where maybe the budgets are a bit, bit better. But, I mean, we've all got our own little sort of custom controller setups. I mean, it's, it, that, I like the idea of having something that's bespoke. I mean, I don't know. Uh, Jem, you, uh, have you, you've just moved. Have you, have you got a kind of... What's going on in your studio? Have you, have you got a traditional sort of mixing desk or are you using controllers? I mean, how is that working for you? I've never, I've never used controllers. I'm literally, I do everything with a mouse and a keyboard. I've never, I've, I've, I've tried them. I bought, I've got the, the Mackie one, and you know, and I've tried to do different things. But I actually just end up, it just ends up sort of sitting there, and I can, you know, firing rubbers off it with the faders. So it's sort of, I don't know. It's kind of the idea. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, lots of people use them. Lots of people in our in our uh, facility up in town, you know, got faders and stuff. It. So it's kind of, it, it sort of. It's never. I've always found myself just being faster with a mouse and a keyboard. So I don't know. I, it's. It's. I like the idea of the fact that you can kind of custom design the size of this, which would be useful because you either kind of have the option of having, you know, like sixteen channels or you know one. It'd be nice if you could have like six or you know I don't know what. It's. It, it's. It's an interesting idea, and I never because the thing the thing that puts me off it is because I sort of have hopped around studios and you know used to do that quite a lot. If you if you get too reliant, this is me. If you get too reliant on on you know control surfaces and stuff, and then you're in a different studio, and suddenly you're so used to the workflow you had, it sort of slows you down, or it slows me down. So I just think if I just stick with the things that I know will be in the studio, the mouse and the keyboard, then um, like I can kind of get working a bit faster. So yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, it's an interesting idea. They look nice. They look very nice with a nice wood. Um, yeah, they do. Well, they've got they've got this thing called glue, which is the, the I mean, the basic principle is you go to their website. Uh, I think I've got that set up here. You you go to the website and you can you can create your own. You sort of design your own device from all the available panels, and then they'll make them. I think that's sort of roughly the principle. I think it has to go through distributors, so you can get all. And it's got this. Um, it's all connected by network, and I think they've got. I remember correctly, they had. A, there's one module that has a Raspberry Pi brain, and that is the thing that roots everything and does all the UI and, and, and the rules for that kind of stuff. And so I suppose it's that. I, I get. I've got to come to you, Yai, because I know you know you're massively into controllers and controlling things from a central point. But you tend to. From what I've seen, you most of your controllers are 
you know, not non-bespoke. I mean, they're kind of off-the-shelf things. Is there a particular reason you've gone that way rather than custom? Um, I've, I looked for some I was looking at will fit on the desk and the BCR um, 2000 um, at the time was the thing that packed the most features and could fit in 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 the desk so uh, and so far i mean i'm invested so much in it because all the programmable synths here and in the rack um are assigned to i mean it's a, it's assigned to to them so i can control each and every synth uh, that is capable of doing it not not minimoog and, and stuff um from there from where i sit and where i work and i play the midi keyboard so um, that is very, very convenient. And for drums, I use the, the Beatstep Pro, and we did a video yeah, about yeah, it yeah. Like a few years back, uh, the workflow of having 16 drum kits and kind of uh, changing the sounds on the fly and all that. Um, so, yeah, I like, I like that stuff. And I was, I was thinking for a while, I'm not using the faders on the, on the Neve. So I have the, the, the motors and stuff, but the automation is, it's a Nikam 2, and there's no point in even trying to revive it. Uh, but what I was thinking for a while was to find um, a solution where I can fit eight faders in each bucket, and I have uh, five, uh, sorry, 12, 12 faders in each bucket, and I have five faders, five buckets like that. Right. Uh, and so to, to be able to control them all from one place and to make like a big um, 60 fader controller, uh, I was toying with the idea um, of doing it with the Tascam um, something 24, which has 24 right. faders. I so yeah, I was yeah, thinking yeah. about splitting those, getting a few units, chucking the, the brains kind of behind the desk and with the ribbon cables and stuff like that. But I think that there are much more elegant solutions. Um, but I have to say that in terms of mixing, the workflow, since I'm not mixing on the desk, um, like Jem said, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm fine with the mouse. And I have this um, Presonus fader thing, one yeah, fader which I can yeah, assign that, to, to stuff if I need to do automation. Part. And it works really well. And, and with logic, you know, you can flip the send. So if you want to automate the send, you can flip it, and then it's already on a fader. You don't have to assign or anything. So, um, yeah, I, will, I didn't have much time to, to, to look into what they do. It seems cool, and the build quality looks really, really Yeah, it does look really know, nice. Good. I have to say, yeah, so, and I think what you need to use some of those buckets for, because they're quite deep, aren't they? I want to see some kind of like flip up drinks cabinet or, you know, <laughs> just in one of them that has something really sort of kind of uh, luxurious and sort of slightly Bond villain going on the way you just press it and there's a little motor and it sort of goes dunk and there's a thing like, I don't know, the, the nuclear button or whatever it may be, the, or your equivalent. I just think... Yeah, I know, but if I, have, uh, if I have any bit of space there i will find some piece of gear to stick on it so uh maybe it just has another fader yeah. on the underneath so you have one one bank of faders and then you flip it and then it's got another set of controllers on the underneath so you can repurpose it um At the i least. will think about it yeah okay <laughs> Gaz, yeah. Um, well, i mean your 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 workflow is kind of quite 
you know, it's quite compact, isn't it? But it's also quite chaotic in 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 the sense of like ours is because we have to change it. Things are cha- ever changing in it. It's not a constant. It's not in a state of constancy generally. Yeah. So, I've but got you a used control- to use those Steinbergs, didn't you? Yes, I've got a controller graveyard. Uh, I've tried so many things over the years. You know, I think Jem was spot on. Actually, you know, when, when if you have that keyboard and mouse thing down, you know, then as such a powerful kind of control system, really. You know, with all the shortcuts, if you can get them into your into your bonds. But um, I've got yeah, I've got and I've got loads of controllers that have done that weird sort of surface. You know, like ten years ago, there was a sort of fetish for that kind of like I know rubberized kind of surface it's all got horrible and sticky I don't know do you know what I'm talking about there's like a kind yeah. of it you know and so various things including those uh Steinberg controllers of kind of the the kind of they've just gone a bit horrible <laughs> the surfaces have gone a bit horrible and I've got loads of things that have done that now I had the alpha track the uh, frontier alpha track which was similar to the um to the you know the uh the personas um fader port but it was it had the advantage of having an a, you know a display on it so you'd see what tracks it was and stuff but that did it. That did it really early when sticky and horrible. So I just ended up not using it because of that, which is a shame because it was a really good, a really good device. But um, I think manufacturers have learned now, and, and things aren't they don't they don't use that covering anymore, thankfully. Um, but God, I got I've had lo- loads of it, loads of things go like that. Unless it's me and my toxic output, maybe. I- it, it's definitely not you, Gaz. I know that there's. It's that. I know what you mean. The Alpha Track went sticky. There's another. I think we've got something else there. I can't remember what it was. It was. Nah, it's like an, almost like a sort of. It's like a sort of velvety yeah. plastic. So is is yeah. it? And it just it, my it, nectar. It my nectar panorama did it. It just mm. it is it went horrible. You know, on the controls actually the knobs. It was the knobs. The knobs went oh, sticky. They just went like gluey, sticky. Oh, just, you know, it's such a shame when these things are kind of otherwise perfectly functional. But, I mean, sorry to derail in a little bit, but um, with controllers, it is, I mean, it's interesting what these guys are doing in terms of uh, being able to uh, make your bespoke thing. Because I think the things that I've tried typically I've quite liked, but they're kind of forcing you down a particular way of working. And, you know, some of that's kind of useful, but you sort of wish, oh, I just wish I had a few this, that, and the others. And um, so this looks like quite a cool, uh, albeit, I mean, it's quite expensive, I guess. So is it, do you know any sort of prices? It's difficult to no, tell. No, but I remember they were, they were pricey. I mean, when we first looked back yeah. at them, it was, it was 2019, they, they built like a, a synth module, which was a sort of, I think it was a kind of granular engine. I can't remember now, but uh, so I think they were just sort of boffins with loads of ideas that were looking for a market. And I think perhaps they swerved a bit and went went to the AV side because because with workflows, I mean, like what I've got going on here, you know, this this is my custom workflow. I just label all the buttons with what I want them to be, and that's fine, you know. But 
but that doesn't work with everything because when you've got a when you have a custom art you know if you've got no kind of heads up display you've got no displays where you can label things i mean i really like the things that you can that that have labels that come in that's why i really like the x32 because you can name the channels and it tells you what they do if you bring a fader in and go well in the middle of all these faders this fader is going to be something completely random it's got a name on it that's with modern digital desks we just haven't found an affordable way to be able to do that and i don't know if this is any more affordable but uh, i think you can find out more about it where was it it's uh, it's called oh, i think it's my uh no that's not it at all that's completely the wrong thing and in fact that was yeah it was i think it's called my makeprox.com i think is what it's called i'll see if i can find that up let's have a look i think yeah this one here we go i think it's yeah basically mymakepro-x.com there's information there but it's very much you have to uh you have to do it to, it's custom they built they built to order you don't buy them off the shelf and i don't know what the lead time is or you know the expense or anything of that okay i think we'll probably just have a little word from our friends over at baby audio because it's been a while it's uh, baby audio makes creative effect plugins designed to add color and depth to your mixes baby audio won plugin of the year 2021 in future music and computer music magazine was nominated for sos awards two years in a row uh, try out Smooth Operator. I've mentioned this before. This resonance suppression, equalization, and compression plugin hybrid that automatically eliminates resonances and muddiness, allows you to shape your track's tonal response while the plugin automatically eliminates resonances in the background. Get 15% off any of their range, uh, including some of their great uh, cr there's crystalline reverb and delay. Uh, use the code ST15 and save yourself 50%, 15%, I beg your pardon, on all their checkouts. We thank them very much for their support. Okay, uh, let's see what we had next. I think this might be a. Uh, uh, let me see. Uh, we'll come to this, Gaz, because I mean I know this is something close to your heart because you've you've done something on this as well. So let's uh, let's just run this one. Roll VT. The instruments bring out these things once in a while. This is a new pure upright piano, and uh, it runs on iOS like a phone. Um, which is one remarkable thing. Their e-instrument stuff is nice. We've done some uh, presentation videos on them before. I'm not sure how much this is, but I know, Gaz, you've done, you did a, a promote, a, what do they call it? A, pres a, a promoted video, whatever. I can't remember what they're called. Yeah. Sponsored video, that's right for them. Yeah, you did that with your keyboard player. It's yeah, amazing. So just I mean, no, it's just, yeah, sorry, carry on. No, yeah, it is amazing. What, it's a, such a high, really realistic uh, piano that runs on an iPhone or you know on iOS platform and uh, yeah so please check out my video on my Gaz Williams channel for this uh, because what we do is I got my, my my friend Helen who Nick knows um, great player she plays in Rumblos and Astro Deluxe with me um, he's a much better keyboard player than me I am a really really rubbish keyboard player let's not let's not beat around the bush there uh, so we got here in and um and that was really nice because uh we got to explore this upright uh, this virtual upright and um partly what i was uh trying to as an angle for making that video was you know why would you pick an upright why would you pick an upright piano over a grand piano you know what 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 advantages has an upright got over a over a grand piano and, and that's quite an interesting sort of point to explore so that's what the video does so please check that out if you get a moment um but what's really really good about these um the pure upright and the previous one the pure piano which is their grand piano is uh it uses a very very simple touch screen approach where you can morph it's called the morph pad and you can morph between various sort of kind of preset 
Foots. Foots. Um, you know, yeah, that's like, right. It's, it's quite sound designing as well, isn't it? Quite sound designing, but in such a simple way, and it actually works really well because it's using the touch medium you know having the iphone and using that entire surface to be able to just kind of warp and uh the new feature in this upright which is in which is now retro up, updated in the other one is you can kind of change where those uh, morph points are so you can kind of smoothly transition between maybe like a reverse piano and like a vintage piano sounding thing and uh yeah really good so um yeah i was dead impressed with it because uh you know if you get approached to make a video about something and they want to kind of give you some money to do it you want to like the thing and in this case it blew <laughs> us away it was really really good yeah. thankfully you know yeah 12.99 at the moment 12 pound 99 i think wow. that's half price okay. or something it's going to go up uh, at i think in the end of september or something so the other thing i was uh, going to does it run on does it run on m1 in native mode can you run it as a native app in m1 uh, as an oh, ios app cuz i don't know what an interesting idea i mean it theoretically should be able to um I guess once you're talking about it being on the computer platform, then it's up against all sorts of other competition, I suppose. One of the yeah, things that makes this so. super unique is that this, you know, there are a handful of good piano emulations on iOS. Uh, but I, I would say that this is probably well, it's the, it's the best one I've heard. And in terms of convincing realis realism, this sounds just like an upright piano. It sounds so incredible and like a beautiful upright piano. Uh, but very, very realistic indeed. Um, and I used the little, um, the little BT, the Yamaha BT Bluetooth adapters. They seem to be working pretty yeah, well. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I was um, going to say, um, so, um, Jem, you got a gig. You really, you know, it's like, it's a nightmare to get to. It's a piano gig. You could take your phone and one of those, there were those sort of roll up, usb keyboards that you could just like roll <laughs> yes. on and, and you're there i mean is that do is that i mean i know it doesn't feel the same but i mean ultimately wouldn't that be wouldn't that just be joy to be able to turn up with basically things in your back pocket that you could do could do the gig right there yeah i mean i that I've, i was listening to the um the demos of that um last night and, um and gaz is right it's absolutely gorgeous sounding it's one of the nicest sounding Upright. I mean, I was actually thinking, is that actually an upright? Because it's so sort of warm and white, round and developed as a sound. I was actually, that was seriously impressed. I don't know how they're making that work or how much memory it's taken up. But yeah, I think it would be brilliant. I mean, it's it's always that when you're doing gigs, you know, back in it, the kind of historic thing is it's amazing how the, how quickly the singer can leave the gig and uh, how slowly the drummer leaves the gig. And it's kind of, and it's kind of, I think it would be great if you could, you know, if you could actually outrun the singer with your, with your stuff, it'd be brilliant. So, uh, yeah, I, would be, I mean, maybe not the, maybe not the piano roll, <laughs> but you know, you could do something, there's, there wasn't there that keyboard for a while, but you could fold in half. Do you remember that? It was, who made that? Oh yeah, they're, 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 we saw it. There's a, there's a couple of French ones, which you can actually get, they come in octaves and you can put them in a pack <laughs> and they're literally quite, and you just snap them together and they've got a single power source and they've got a, not quite a hammer, but it's a decent action on it. I, I think they're quite expensive, but ultimately, you know, it, 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 there's a really good piece where uh, the video in it, where the guy uh, or the lady's playing it 
and they just keep taking an octave away and she's still going <laughs> until it's down to one note, which is the bottom bit and the power supply, and then they just turn it off. It's just a really brilliant piece of uh, marketing, which I, I think it was, I think it's like 12 or 1300 euros. I mean, it's expensive, but if you need that sort of level of portability, it could well be the. I, I know, yeah, I mean, there's something about having a an instrument on my phone because my phone does so many other things, what happens when I get a call or a notification or all those things? You then, yeah, it has to stop being a phone for it to kind of be useful, doesn't it? Um, yeah, I think the phone is, uh, you know, is a device that is used for maybe two or 3% of the time for, for making calls. And the rest of it is just another screen that you interact with um, or with the outside world or with whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like the I like the interface. I think that it's really cool. I, um, I think that that what they went for here was something that just sounds really good. Um, and I have to say that the demo sounds. I really like this demo. Most piano demos are a little bit naff, and uh, it's hard to. And and they they're going they're going for something that just sounds right it doesn't have to be kind of scientifically accurate um that's how i did our piano which funnily enough was recorded at metropolis which is where you are now is it the fazioli in the basement is it the is it the fazioli in the basement that's the one right yeah that's the one i had uh, 18 mics on it um we were there for three and a half days sampling sampling it to to bits and that's the grand rhapsody, the the waves. Uh, so, um, so you know, it's supposed to sound very natural and like a recording, which which it is. Um, but th- this um, iOS product has something else because it's really it's heavily processed. Every everything I've heard of it sounds very processed, but in a tasteful way. So it kind of suits, it does what you want it to do. It sounds soft and uh, kind of, I think that the fact that it's an upright also makes it a little bit more mellow, less dynamic maybe in timbre. So it's easier to play. It's more like a keyboard. It's more like a synth. And and it sounds, and the processing sounds um, kind of poppy, but in a good way. Um, and it's really cool that you that all the plugins are because what they they have essentially is a chain of plugins, and they control the mix levels and different things with the XY pad, um, and the ability to have those parameters smoothened. So it's it's a seamless process, um, and the user interface, uh, which seems very kind of inviting and and easy to use. I think it's a really good uh, good product. I don't use iPad or iPhone myself. I used to have, I have an old iPad for, for apps back then, but I haven't, uh, I don't think it will run anything anymore. Um, yeah, that's the problem. But like Gas said, maybe when it comes, uh, or you said, sorry, when, it's, uh, when it runs on, on the M1, that will be, that will be interesting. 
as oh, a standalone I mean, to have to, an IP on Android like or something. You know, you use it on some kind of old phone. Yeah, no, it'd be good. Anyway, I thought that was uh, it was an interesting piece, and uh, I thought it tied in nicely. Thanks for coming on and representing there, Gaz. I mean, but we've done we both done stuff for furry instruments, and they do some do some really good. Uh, yeah. um, sample sets i think we did i did the electric piano thing with russ and a couple other things and they got that they had a hexa thing didn't they which they turned into which they've turned into the kind of ipad morphing which worked just works really well okay right uh, i think it's probably time for uh, a word from our friends over at isotope isotope producers club is a one-of-a-kind membership for producers ready to take their tracks to the next level once you join, you'll gain access to powerhouse Isotope plugins and a curated selection of tools from our partners, such as Melodyne from Celimony. Plus, as long as you're a member, you'll get every future update to the Isotope plugins in your membership for no extra cost. We'll also regularly serve you new curated content like exclusive inspiration-sparking sample packs and preset packs and industry-leading training ranging from our own tutorials to vocal production lessons from the world-renowned Berkeley Online, taught by Grammy-winning producer and engineer, Prince Charles Alexander. With new content being added every month full of valuable production techniques, tips and tricks, and solutions to common production problems, becoming a member is an investment in your career that grows as you and your career do. For more information on Isotope Producers Club, head to isotope.com. And of course, if you want to save some money on some Isotope products, if you head over to isotope.com forward slash Sonic Talk, uh, use the code uh, Sonic10 to claim 10% off. And that includes all their flash sales and summer sales as well. It doesn't include subscriptions and doesn't include hardware, uh, but everything else is up for grabs. So once again, we thank them for their support. Okay, um, I'm gonna uh, we're gonna go over to the the slat wall. I think now because I think it's just an interesting uh, piece, and I'm, I'm gonna try and finish up a little early because I've got to get across town for this uh, this Roland gig. Uh, I hope that doesn't uh, leave you uh, anybody disappointed with the uh, the lack of their particular product uh, that we were covering. So anyway, let's uh, let's take a look at this. This is a great video from uh, if if I got it right. Have you ever considered a slat wall to hold your synthesizers? Welcome back to the channel. Today we're talking about my alternative to a synth stand, a synth wall, as I'm calling it. A couple months ago, I was thinking about upgrading to beyond what I already had. Look, I fast like, forward a bit. So, uh, you look for a load of options. <laughs> per square foot. I, I came up with research. this slat wall, which is what you kind of tend to use in uh, shops. It's like uh, usually the sort of thing that you put in a display wall. You have various different kind of uh, uh, attachments that for for books or for products that you can mount efficiently on a wall. But some of these products, as uh, uh, Tefty and Meme, I don't know if that's Tefty or Memes, or whether he's got another name, points out, is you could get some other adapters which will hold keyboard stands, like from Amazon, and, they're, uh, and they will hold much higher weights. So that's essentially what he's got going on there. And I just thought it was a really... It's like that. It's like that. Um, what is it? The IKEA shoe stand kind of trick, where you can mount everything, and it's just there's something about um, these things repurposing these things. And, and it, by the looks of it, I mean if we check his, I don't know if I can. Can I send him back over without? I think if I do it, it will play it again. But it's something about the. Um, this idea that I really liked. I mean, it's still quite expensive because the arms you get, I think they turn out, they're about 40 bucks each off Amazon. Amazon do them. Um, but it's well worth checking out. I think, um, let's see, did I put, post the 
Flat wall keyboard manager. I may not have posted the link. There it is. That's, a, that's from something on uh, Synthtopia as well worth looking at. Now, um, I'll come to you first, Yoad, because you are in front of your keyboard wall, and I can see you've built yours out of multiple extensions of... Uh, of I can't remember what that, that, that particular stuff is. Is it, all, is it all the same, or have you made it more kind of uh, um, ad hoc? Yeah, so um, when we designed the studio, we gave this whole issue a lot of thought and we made 3D models of, of different, and we came across um, this product as well. Um, the thing is that on all the walls here, there's a membrane base strap. These are huge beasts that are two and a half meters by one and a half, and they weigh like 250 kilos each. Um, so, and they're essential to the acoustics of the of the room, uh, even behind the synth wall. So there's no way to get into the concrete on that wall. Um, the idea is to maybe, and that was something um, that I just didn't finish because I had to to start working. Um, the idea is to build a, a kind of reinforcement, something to, to hold the weight, but, but that will not compromise the functionality of the base strap. So it's a little bit complicated um, mechanically here to do. Um, I ended up just uh, putting, you know, keyboard stands um, and stuff. It's all wired. It's all not, you know, it's not going anywhere. I can't say that I'm loving it, but it's functional. Uh, the the problem, one of the problems I have with um, with this um, gentleman on the video is that the the angles are really sharp. So, and that means that your top synth is really really high, and also the the angle of playing is a little bit awkward. What, oh, there's no depth to it. The way the way the way I have it is that each synth is kind of a little bit covered by the one on top of it, but you you can still access everything and um, yeah. you know it's about it's twelve or something synths here, which is which is enough. I I have more, but and some of them are changing and this one is the new edition the the hydrosynth um and yeah it works it works i'm not it's too much hassle for me to to take the whole thing apart and uh yeah no i can totally i can totally identify and all that um, there were some questions before. How are you getting on with the uh, with the turntable behind you there? Are you able to use, have you got some kind of extra powerful motor in it, or is that just for display at the moment? There's no, it's just the uh, some, some of the stuff that's uh, up there are not even called 909. There's another H101, and, the, the, and there's some other stuff. There's a Poly, another EX, EX800. Ah, okay. Um, and the TV, the TV is connected. The three or three is connected. Uh, everything is connected apart from the from the shelf on top. Guy um, Stanton's going to buy yeah, a pint on fine. Charing Cross Road. That's very good. Um, Gem, 
you are a keyboard. I mean, I've spent. I would. Would it be fair to say? I mean, you're in a prog band. You play keyboards. What you must have a wall of keyboards somewhere. <laughs> Where is it? Does Does the bookcase uh, slide back and it sort of you've got a special room? <laughs> no, my my wall of keyboards is all on eBay and has been in gradual. It it kind of. I sort of have a one in one out policy because it's that thing of of. Again, it comes back to that thing we we're talking about about gigging. You know, it, if I can get everything onto into one synth, that's why I used to use the called Kronos. It was so brilliant because it could do everything. You know, and it was and and then you just rock up the one keyboard, and then and that's in practical terms the level that we gig at, which is sort of just above pubs, but not quite up. You know, not in sort of like bigger halls and stuff. <clears throat> it's it's you know we don't have roadies at that point, so it's right. it's kind of us doing yeah, our own yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So so. So it's just basically what's practical, and then in the studio at home, really, I suffer terribly from from uh, decision sort of panic, you know. So I'm thinking, I, I've got, I need to make a. What am I going to do? I'm going to. I mean, I love Yo. It's all. It's an absolute gorgeous wall. I've just zoomed in and looking at it while you were chatting. It's lovely. I love that JX10 you've got there. Marvelous. But yeah, it's it's kind of like it's it's with the sort of commercial stuff I'm doing workflow wise I just it's all soft synths just because it's so much faster right. so you know and then no, for, the, for the prog world I've got a Juno X here which you can't see which is brilliant um, and then yeah, yeah there's one over like, here there's one just by the camera is actually it's making a great camera stand <laughs> at the moment <laughs> <laughs> no they're really good really good so I kind of it's it's more sort of the work I'm doing commercially it, it, it you know, it doesn't actually have to be those synths. You know, it just has to be something that sounds good, really. So, um, yeah, I'd like to. Say, I did have one at one point, but yeah, I, um, I turned it into, I don't know, a bedroom. I think for my kids, I sold it all. Yeah, well, sometimes. I know, Gaz. I imagine a, a slat wall in your place would be quite difficult because of because of the sloping. You've got the kind of uh, the attic vibe. You'd have to have like a really low level where you just kind of have them at skirting board level, and that might, which would be rather impractical, I'd imagine. Yeah, um, I mean, I've got. Yeah, sorry, carry on. I no, I was just going to say, you know, again, it's like the controller question, isn't it? You know, do you because you, you like me kind of generally build things up into the thing you want them to be rather than try and try and shoehorn something that wasn't designed to be in the space work, maybe. Well, yeah, I, I mean, things is, it's always in flux here, so every time I try and make anything sort of permanent it's it's you know it doesn't stay that long it doesn't stay that way i always think robbie bronneman is the kind of king of the <laughs> aesthetic getting everything set up in an unbelievable way he's brilliant for it and he gets all his cables yeah. cut to the right length and, and there's no cables you can see at all and everything is really ergonomic uh to his workflow so uh, you buy a new I, synth and it ruins everything. I mean, then you've got to start again. <laughs> that, yeah, well, that, that's certainly a bit of the problem I've been having. Um, and in fact, that's one of the reasons I've actually quite enjoyed going more modular, you know, is is actually all the swapping around happens. It's a in small. The, <laughs> yeah. in, in the case instead, yeah. It's like a um, microclimate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I live quite near to uh, Ikea and I've gone over there there's countless pieces of offcuts you can go down in the well I, I don't know if you still can now but you could go down in the uh the car park and there would be a big um you could just go and find off pieces of offcuts and stuff um i hope they still do that so that's what i've done loads and there's literally tons of little bits of things that i've kind of scavenged from the uh from ikea uh to make kind of 
you know, like different levels of, um, yeah, I mean, all around in here. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it is one of these things. I watched this video. I thought it was quite cool in the, um, yeah, the system, he spent around $550 on it in total. That included the wall. And I think was it 12 of these arms that can, that come out. They, they, you get them in, mm. I think it's about, I think it's about $40 for fire. a pair of them. A pair, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and then I, he found that there's two types, isn't there? And one has got quite big, um, like end pieces, which get in the way of the keyboards. Um, so you do have to be quite mindful about how you're going to use, use this stuff from a playability point of view. Yeah. Stating the obvious, I guess. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, I guess just returning back to that Euro rack thing, <laughs> having all of that in a case in just, I, I've, I've been finding that so much easier than, I, you know, prior to that, I've, I've been really specializing in, in oh, specializing desktop, yeah, collect de desktop, and they come in all different shapes and sizes. So, trying to accommodate them is uh, is 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 a, is a challenge. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, I think you've just got to go with it. I just thought it was a nifty one. I like the idea of it. I, I mean, if the arms were a bit cheaper or there was another way to do it, there must be other things that you can get because those walls are generally designed for things like you'd have kind of arms that would stick out that you'd put uh, um, blister pack cards or, you know, that kind of stuff. Or so there are big spikes. There must be other things that you can get for mounting stuff. Just needs a bit of research. Or maybe someone can make something that was a bit more affordable because 40 bucks for a pair of arms just feels, even from Amazon, that still feels just a little bit on the pricey side particularly if you've got a lot um, of stuff but i i have to say that um at the time we looked and we couldn't find anything except for this system which was suitable for for that kind of thing um right. however the the idea was to to just build a frame from metal with um with rows and have the whole thing kind of built in so you have the right. stop the stoppers at the sink so all the synth regardless of the depths um kind of line up at the keyboard at the kind of right. um, front of the synth and then the which is like it is here and the back is kind of covered so that to compensate for the fact that they're not all the same depth yeah, so if yeah. you if you do it like that so you can actually um, and we measured the angles and stuff like that. We have, uh, I think I have a drawing of, of, of that somewhere. Uh, and it's, and it should be pretty cheap to, to go to, uh, you know, metal Smith or somewhere yeah, where they sure. I mean, the th do the, stuff the, like the that and just give them the measurements and just paint it in black, uh, screw it to yeah, the wall. Yeah, that's probably true. I think the thing about tiered stuff is always you end up with, you have to, ha you have to, because you, you, you think I'm going to do tiers because I can fit more keyboards in. But then what happens is you have to have so much distance because you can't quite reach the control at the back or see the control at the back that it ends up being kind of difficult. Anyway, I won't there is, dwell on there that. There is a kind yeah. of magic um, sort of. Magic angle. Um, yeah. And and measurements, I don't remember the, the the numbers, but forty-two over this, over this, and and it actually works in, in yeah, it works. It's kind of a little bit angled, and 
the space like that uh, and you can reach everything and you have, because they're a little bit angled, you have room for the jacks and stuff on the back yeah. and everything yeah, goes yeah, yeah. nicely, you know, so, so yeah, it can work. Right, I'm going to have to rush things on a bit because it's getting to be nearly five o'clock and I've got to get across town. But uh, we will have time for one question, uh, which is from uh, Rocky67. Uh, Rocky67, the Analog 4 has very nice analog effects for uh, affecting imported audio, or I guess it, uh, plugged in audio. Any other synths which have great onboard effects for external audio? Good question. I don't know. Uh, Jem, have you got any uh, Have you got any suggestions? I mean, I know you've got rid of all your synths, but any of the synths you've recently <laughs> got rid of that you've got <laughs> that, that were good at for processing external audio? Uh, I had a I had a matriarch for a while. That was that was quite good fun actually. That was um, good for putting stuff into and processing. I mean, the modular stuff is also really good for for that kind of. I mean, there was uh, I had a modular rig for a while, and obviously that's that ended up just basically being a like massive like, stomp box effects board thing. Really, it was so good mm. for for manipulating stuff. I don't know. Yeah, the matriarch was quite good because it had that really lovely. Um, bucket brigade delay in it, and and uh, it was and it was just kind of it was nice. Although you had to really put the you had to crank the crank the level up to get things into it. I was trying to put um, my Chapman stick into I think it. I think it's set for uh, it's set probably set for modular level, which is a bit higher than yeah. the general. So yeah, that's probably... that was good. Um, yeah, that's my that's my tuppence worth of, of since that are recently available. I think that's fair enough. Gaz, how about you? Any anything um, that you do you think is good for processing? Well, I mean, the Analog 4 is really good for processing because you can treat it like a mixer. You can, you know, pan the inputs and you've got like three things, you know, chorus, delay and reverb, and also all the LFOs that you can apply to those things. So that's a, mm. that is a particularly great choice for that sort of thing. Um, but the one I really love to plug stuff through is the uh, Dreadbox Abyss because you can go through all the analog effects section there and the uh, actually just the drive sounds so lovely it's um so even just using it just just as a drive circuit is really really great um oh. yeah i think that's probably my favorite one and, and the analog four as well for reasons as just mentioned uh but yeah, lots of things do um haven't actually tried the, the uh, Super 6 yet that for that purpose. Well, that Speaking of which, yeah. there is a new, new update, update for yeah. Super 6. There pretty is, yeah. powerful one as well. Um, yeah, yeah. So PWM waves are now binaural. Stereo. Woohoo! Yeah. Woohoo! <laughs> stereo P it's all the rage now, Stereo PWM. Uh, yeah. I'd like to give a shout out for the lowly um, Korg NTS1. Um, because mm -hmm. that has, uh, you can you can route the stuff through the effects on that, and that use it. You can use it as a send effects actually if you need. And that's like, what's that? Not, I don't know. It's not very expensive. It's like fifty, sixty, seventy quid or something. And you can got, you've got the big, the the big some of the big DSP stuff. Yoad, what would you? Uh, I guess you you probably have got all the effects you need. But uh, anything you'd like to process through on the synth? Absolutely, the the Axis virus. For me, that's uh, it's just so musical. I still have the first one from '97, um, and when you, especially for guitars, you just—it's it, really great just to play through it, even as a pedal. So you, you connect your guitar to it, and from it to either a stereo amp or whatever plugin or something, um, amp simulator. 
And when you use it like that, like a pedal, so the delay is kind of part of the playing and the chorus is really nice. Um, and you can also, if you want it a little bit brighter, you just uh, turn on the turn the resonance up mm. and kind of find the place where you where it peaks Get at like six K yeah. or something like that, and it really makes the guitar kind of uh, shine That's in a kind of digital way. But but it's really nice to play. And, uh, and it has it has a sweet sound. I really like it. I wonder if because uh, Kem uh, Kemper came out of Access, didn't it? I mean, he the guy, the guy who yeah. did Access also. I wonder if that was part of the, there was a, pr a process there that uh, somehow. There's yeah, some yeah. similarities I find in the Kemper. There's this uh, tilt EQ thing, which uh, which is really really cool, um, which kind of sounds somehow similar to the vibe of the virus when when you start right. tweaking it it has that Probably. digital sweetness to it mm. which resembles the vi virus maybe right well i hate to cut things off i know there's one other, there's a, well there's another question and my questions thing didn't work very well but i want to say thanks to uh, wagyu uh, for um monitoring moderating the youtube chat just to keep the lonely ladies out of there i know they they like to bother us while we're podcasting but um thank you everybody um for joining us i'm sorry if i'm kind of cutting everybody anybody short but jam it's been an absolute pleasure to see you are you frosting is there any live stuff happening any albums coming out anything you need to plug yes we're doing for five dates in november uh london islington academy and uh edinburgh and uh, was it Glasgow, Scotland, and somewhere else? I would do. I, I should be more genned up with this, but yeah, we're doing five dates in November, um, and we're doing a new album next year. So that's all to do. Excellent. Glad to hear it. And of course, uh, Yoad Nevo will be uh, probably involved in a Waves plugin near you when it uh, comes out and soon, because that's his. Uh, also, I forgot to mention his other job. Uh, you are getting on to other stuff. Are you around in town? Because we're going into town in a minute. Are you, are you joining us for dinner? Uh, I'm afraid not this time. Ah, oh, okay. Um, when um, let's 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 talk about it. I'll call you. Okay. All right. Cool. Uh, but lovely to see you, Yo. Thank you very much. And also, Gaz Williams, are you streaming tonight? Are you uh, back on the on the YouTube? Not thing? tonight, but next week I've got Ayal Amir on my show, who is a terrific musician and um, plugin developer. So he's going to be my guest. Oh, with all Lubianica as well. Um, bass player extraordinaire uh, the, the, and those two have developed a really fantastic new piece of software i can't mention what that is just yet it will be i think released shortly but um they're going to be coming on my show to to talk about it and it is really is amazing software so please Excellent. if you are around yet tomorrow um, next week at eight o'clock i have to i have to say that uh, it's really worth uh tuning in because they're really good guys really good friend of my friends of mine i don't know myself what the product is but i'm uh -huh. sure it's uh, it's amazing and i kind uh -huh. of envy you that you do but for 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 um you know i can't be involved with with uh, what they're doing before it's released uh, for you know um my um <laughs> work with waves obviously so we keep yeah. things separate but they're really good friends and uh, i wish them you know best of luck with the product 
Excellent. Well, glad to hear that, Gaz. Um, I'm going to, well, I'm going to head off now. Once again, thank you to uh, David Ireland and Dan and all the people at Roland uh, for um, for hosting us here and we'll go over to there later and hopefully have some more videos from the show we're going to talk to i think rachel collier's there there's a few other people so that's it for this time that was sonic talk 723 i'm definitely going to have to get a better light because this light looks fantastic makes the camera <laughs> makes me actually look look less le less yeah more healthy anyway <laughs> that's it for this week <laughs> see you all next time that was sonic talk 723 bye, -bye now bye.